You're listening to Answering Difficult Questions Biblically, a Sunday school series taught by Pastor Dan Christians at Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. Second question today, and this is a very practical question. I've actually asked Pastor to come, and he's going to help me answer this question. Uh, And it is, how to help addicted loved ones? Okay? And so the question says, my loved one has a mental health, mental health and an addiction. Um, how do we love them like Jesus? Uh, I know we're not supposed to enable them. And so how do I help without closing the door and without feeling guilty? Uh, and why is it that when I surrender, I still feel so consumed? Right? What am I doing wrong? It's hard to live each day when they're in such pain and hurt. So I think you get the heart behind the question there, right? H- how do you help someone who you love dearly, who's suffering from either mental health issues or um, very commonly addiction issues, and a lot of times they go hand in hand. How do you help someone who is struggling so much in those things? So, Pastor, do you want to get up? And um, I asked Pastor to help because this is, a, this is actually a really common problem. This is something that a lot of our folks struggle with um, because uh, there is a whole lot of pain and suffering out there. Um, I read something this week, and it said, if, if you have a family member or a friend who is trapped in addiction, then you know what it is to experience enduring pain. And I think that, that, that if you've never experienced that, you don't realize the kind of pain that just endures for such a long period of time. Right? There's some losses that sting, they really hurt, and there's some losses that seem like they never, they never stop losing. And, and so I think... Pain and addiction is one of those things, especially when you have a close loved one. So, Pastor, do you want to go ahead? Sure. Should I sit here? No, you get up. Oh. Get up. Get up. Yeah. Rise up. All right. Yeah, and then, I, so you, you got what you got, I and then I got some things, too. things, too. and we'll let you. Okay. And yeah, maybe you can go back and forth as we go through. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. okay, great. So, um, I'm not certainly a professional on, on, on these things. Um, is that on? Yeah, it's on. Sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, let me just say, as, as, as Dan shared that question with me, again, you could feel the pain and the frustration and the hurt of those individuals, whoever wrote the, the question. And so my heart goes out to you um, because it's difficult. It's really difficult. And so Dan asked me to sort of look at this and, and to go through this like a counseling session on what I would say or what I would do. Unfortunately, um, life is complicated. And issues are complex. And, and so with the information, it would be really hard because there's like a thousand more questions I'd like to ask this individual about where they're at, what's going on in their life, um, how connected they are within their homes with this situation, um, what influence they have, what a- access do they have for help or medication. or So, so it would be, it'd be really difficult to stand here and say, Point A, B, and C, and do these things, and this is going to answer your question. It's not going to. And it would be actually dangerous this morning to say, do this, this, and this, because what you've just given me, this is the answer. Um, It's almost impossible. And so I I want to speak in general terms this morning because if if you're looking for real help, then come on in. Let's let's have a conversation because this is devastating. And so... um, I'm not going to speak in specifics, but we're going to sort of just maybe tackle some of these things as, as the question lays out. Um, 
the church of Jesus Christ over the last uh, long time has put a stigma on mental health. And it's not good. It's not good. When we were growing up, the answer to any mental health issue was stop it or read your Bible or pray more. And I'm not saying those things are not, we should stop things and we should pray and we should read. But there are other factors happening. It's not just, I have this human heart, my problem is all my heart. That's true. We have sinful hearts. But that heart has a body. We're embodied physically. Not only that, um, socially, we come from backgrounds and, and issues. And so there's that. And then there's the spiritual life of satanic attacks. And, and, and then the, those circles, those concentric circles go out, and it's all under the um, providence and care of God. So I'm going to try to answer some of these to the best of my ability. If I were sitting down with you today, we'd have a long conversation before we ever got to these points because it, it's complicated. But the one question was, how can we um, love like Jesus and not enable, close doors, or feel guilty? So I would say we have to understand what it means to love like Jesus. Because loving like Jesus is not enabling, right? Or closing doors. Now, there are times when we have to have parameters and we have to have um, boundaries in our life. And again, it'd be nice to know if this was within the home or a loved one that you have contact with or someone who's far away. Um, but I, I think when we talk about, I want to love like Jesus, then we understand that loving like Jesus does not mean that I excuse behavior that's destructive. We can't do that. We have to do our best to tell people truth, the truth of Christ and his word, and to bring them, because it's not loving to watch people self-destruct ever and and so so then you complicate it with mental issues and addiction it's this is like a perfect storm but at the same time we we don't just say i love you jesus loves you and whatever you're doing is okay it's not okay if there's destructive behavior involved in that we must do our best to do several things to get help um medication is not a problem. It can be if that's all I'm thinking about is I'm going to be medicated and I'm going to lose my, my, my feelings and those things. But we do have doctors, we do have medicine that can certainly help. If, 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 if my nose is bleeding, I don't just pray and ask God to stop it. Right? I, there's some things I can do. And when my mind is reeling and there's problems with me mentally, there are things we can do to be helpful. And so be careful with that. And, and so there's that. Um, and so um, it's not loving to enable people to do wrong. Um, destructive behavior is never acceptable. Um, I would say to this individual that you have to, to find help. There is help. There is help with doctors. There's help with counseling. There, there's help in those areas. Um, and so there's that. Um, I, I probably want to add more to this, Dan, than I'm thinking about. Go ahead. Oh, you want to jump, jump okay, so, I'm going to talk well, about the second question. Just in that point about um, loving them with a godly love, right? That, that's the goal is to love people with a godly love. Uh, and it's never, it's never okay for us to uh, enable bad behavior and call it love. And I think we do that sometimes. We do that even as we're raising children is 
you know, we love them, so we're not going to correct them. And that's the opposite of love. And I was thinking about, you know, a situation. If you had, like, two parents who were trying to, to teach a child something, and, you know, they were throwing their food on the floor, and the, the, the mom was like, if you throw your food on the floor again, then that's it. You don't get to eat. And then the dad kept picking up the food every time they threw the food on the floor. It really wouldn't be, like, there, there's nothing that's, no benefit. If, if there is a consequence to an action, and one person in the situation continually removes the consequence, then the action never changes. And as much as it feels very loving to pick that food up and put it back on the plate, it's actually, that person's never going to learn that once they throw the food off the plate, it's gone. And that's a, that's a big deal. That doesn't mean that when the person really wants to do right and keep their food on their plate, that you're not there for them, that you don't love them, you don't try and help them get the food that they need back on their plate, right? It's just sometimes it's, it's actually we're band-aiding things constantly, and that's not actually biblical love. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think what complicates this question is you're talking about an addiction, which has to be dealt with, and show about mental health. But, but I have found in talking to folks who love and sincerely love their child, their cousin, their Sometimes when it comes to the addictive part of this is we circumvent what God is doing in their life and we give them a soft place to land over and over again so there's never this impetus to change. Sometimes difficult things happen in our life to wake us up to the reality of life does not work like this. And so I think this is really complicated because you're talking about mental Yeah, and I, as well. I think as I, as I consider the question, I think that I considered it more from an addiction standpoint yeah. And it sounds like you considered it more from a mental health standpoint, yeah. which is probably good that you're getting both, both ideas. But I hope so, but they're still difficult. It's complicated. It, it is very complicated. And, and the other part about, Pastor mentioned that uh, you should talk to someone. Like it's, it's, it's really hard to give specific advice to, yeah. when specific advice is needed, and we're in a general audience, right? So generally speaking, here's some principles, but specifically, you must talk to someone for a couple reasons. One is because every situation is different, and the advice given will be different. Right, it'll be tailored. But I think even more than that, uh, the, one of the part of the question was about feeling guilty. Sometimes when we let all of the decision making rest on our shoulders, like we're it's our job yeah. to fix the problem. If we don't fix it, it's our fault. Or if we decide it's time to step away and something happens, then it's our fault. Well, we've just taken all of that burden on ourselves. And having someone who is godly, who's going to give you sound advice in your life, can help you feel like you know what. I'm trying to do what God wants. That's my goal. And I've sought counsel that will direct me toward that. And so in my actions, I don't have to feel the burden of that's all on me. I'm trying to walk with somebody else to do what, what's right in the situation. Um, one of the things that, and, and like if, if we love Christ, we love people. Our heart goes out to people. And we want more for them often than they want for themselves at the time. And, and the guilt part of this, and, and the real struggle, and I, I've felt this and sensed this because of my makeup, but I had to realize, Kim and I went away a number of years ago because ministry was like, it was heavy. And we had to realize that there is only one Savior. It's not you. It's, it's not. God uses us, and he gives wisdom, and there's, there's um, safety and a multitude of counselors. But the fact of the matter is, for many of us, we think we're going to do this thing. We're going to say this phrase. We're going to take him here, and everything will be solved. And then when it doesn't happen, we are devastated, and we feel guilty. Or if I don't do this, I've had um, 
three uncles commit suicide. And, and it's always this thought, if I would have said, my brother or sister, don't torture yourself like that. Because people will do what they will do, and, and you're not the Savior. I'm not trying to be cold or callous, but I know that we can take these things upon ourselves, and we feel that guilt, and we feel that weight. There's only one Savior. We direct people to him. But with that said, in, in this environment, I think we forget that God has given community. And so for the person who is struggling to help someone, you have community. You have people, believe it or not, who have walked in those very shoes as you have walked. And they're not just talking from some ivory tower. They have been there. They have gone through that. They've had this experience. And they're actually doing a 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that the comfort that God gave them, they are now using to give to other people. Don't isolate yourself. Don't seclude yourself. You have community here. And you need to, to draw it, to lean into that and find people who are here to help you. And so for that, not just for wisdom and understanding, because you need that. You need people to lean into. And, and, and not only just in a, an emotional way, but in a physical way. Sometimes in these situations, there are people who can come alongside and help you with real physical needs, like to drive somewhere or to make a visit or to, to take to an appointment or to watch or to babysit. So there's that, and, and you need that. So I would just encourage you that don't, don't get outside of community because you have community. And if that individual is a believer and is struggling through this, they have to stay in community as well. And it's a chance for the church to say to people, um, this is a hospital for sinners. And we don't thumb our nose. You know, we, we've had people, and we have people, who are weak, sober, or clean for years. That should be the case. And so I would just encourage you in this situation that um, there's only one Savior, it's Christ. We point people to him, but he's given us community to help us in those areas. Okay. Uh, just to wrap it up then? Yeah, unless there's a question. I, I'm more than willing to... But again, this is, these, are, these answers, are, they're general because there is no, it would be unwise to give, do yeah. this, this, and this. Because every story is different. Joanne? Right. That's a great point, Joanne. I, th I think that some of it is we, we're feeling guilty for not being able to help somebody who is constantly pushing us away anyway at this point. But one of the things, one of the points I had was just like, don't lose your hope. And that is because we have seen God save the most unlikely people before. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's even five or 10 years after you'd been praying for them and you, you thought that, man, it's all lost. And then, and then all of a sudden they, they somehow wander back. And God, God's working in them all these years that you feel like it's, it's lost cause. So I keep praying for them. Don't lose your hope. But remember, you don't get to go into their heart and change it, right? There's so much work that the Spirit of God can do that you can't do. And so just rely on him, put your faith in him, your hope in him. And whatever the situation, that's going to be, you're going to be a lot better off doing that than trying to manipulate things to try and fix something that you just can't. Yeah. And I think that heart of, I want more for you. I can't tell you how many times we've counseled people knowing mm. they're on a path of destruction and you plead and you beg and they don't want that. Mm. We, we have a strong connection with Teen Challenge, of course, and I've called Mike before on that and he said, listen, they have to want to come, right? They, they have to want to start that mm -hmm. step. But in line with this, and I think even with the, your topic of heaven, um, we talk about a guy who, you probably have to get ready for, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um, so, 
honestly, we had a situation, I don't know how long, maybe Kim's here, about a guy that, that listen, in my mind, he was done. I was done with him. Mm. I had to show up to where he was working because he was ripping his wife off, stealing her stuff to, to get money for his addiction. And, and, and I went to his, he wasn't answering my calls. I went to the place of work there. And, um, to answer his calls. To That's... answer his calls, yes. Um, <laughs> I will find you. And, and so, and the guy was terrible. Left his wife, left his kid, and, and, and just, just terrible for years. And it was like, they, they separated. It seemed like it was hopeless. I have to tell you, today, they're a wonderful family. And it was years and years and years. And I think sometimes in our lives, can I tell you something? Kim and I have been in this devotion thing, and um, one of the verses in, in Psalms the other day was, it was talking about the evil man, that the day he dies, his plans come to naught. It's, it's all done, right? But then I remember the day I die, my plans come to naught as well. But in the big scheme of things, we're not on this planet for a long time at all. And we talk about heaven, but, but you know, um, there are things that happen in our life now that we have no idea on why they're happening or what's going on in someone's life. But a thousand years from now, it will make sense. Mm-hmm. It, it will absolutely make sense. And we can't make sense of those things. And so in the process, we trust him. We do what we know is right to do today. We love like Jesus by telling truth, by keeping our doors open as long as it's safe. Right? We, we, we have common sense. The Christian life is a life of wisdom. It's a life of taking these situations and knowing how to navigate. The whole book of Proverbs is about skillful living. And we take the word and we apply it to the best of our ability. But there comes a point where I say, Lord, I trust you. I I believe you. I will do what I can. But there comes a point that I can't do. And so I give it to the... And and one of the things was, um, I've surrendered this, but I... uh, It says, I've surrendered all, but I keep on taking this back. Well, because you've not surrendered all. Because I do the same thing. I, I think, too, that surrendering all for us is, like, it's a constant process, mm-hmm. too. It's not something that, that we actually get to do one time and then it's done forever. Right. It's something we do, we, we die daily to ourselves and we surrender that daily. So I think part of it is, yeah, if you feel like you've taken it back up and you realize that, then it's time to give it back to the Lord. Right? Yeah. It's tough. That's a tough topic. And, and again, if, mm-hmm. if that's you and you wrote the question, by all means, come in. We, we want to talk with you and, and help you and love you through this because you do need support. We, we all, no man's an island. God has given us a body for that. Anything else? Good job. All right. I hope it's helpful. Okay. Thank you all for uh, being part of this class once again. And again, if you have any other questions, uh, love to be able to tackle them. I've got a few more set up for next week already, but um, please get the questions in. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about what you've just heard or are interested in the ministry of Maple City, please visit our website at maplecitybaptistchurch.com.